0: Welcome to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. Today, our guest will be Linwood Jackson Jr. And believe me, you don't want to miss this. Okay, well, welcome to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. We're really happy today to have Linwood Jackson Jr. He's an author and poet writing on personal developmental I'm sorry devotional help <laughs> he is someone who believes in the power of the Bible's words when sincerely exercised and studied through his books, speeches, and discourses he encourages to think and feel for the self's growth and development, and that self-love may bloom into self-possession through the knowledge acquired from experience. This he says betters the personal and devotional life not only for the person but also for those around them. So, my first question, first of all, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) It's great to have you here today. So, where are you from? Where am I talking to you from? Massachusetts. Massachusetts, okay. Massachusetts, yeah. Is that your home state? Have you always lived there? I've
1: always lived there my entire life, and I'm kind of happy because I like the cold. Okay. Um, Hopefully, it's not because I was born in February, but Uh, I I just love the scenery of you know, there's no trees, but snow falling and the snow's covering the trees and the ground. And I sleep so much better when it's cold anyways.
0: Mm-hmm. Does that contribute to your writing to have that kind of environment?
1: I think it does, because there's there's times where I would just dead cold. I would still go to a beach and just <laughs> sit there and just look at the scenery. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely inspirational. Even when you're driving, I'm driving seven in the morning. I'm just looking around the sun piercing through the trees that have snow covered on them. And that sort of ray just shooting through right onto the street as I'm driving. That That's yeah. inspirational also.
0: You know, you actually speak in prose. I don't know if you realize that. But as you just uh, described that, that was a poem you just spoke. <laughs> I did not
1: realize that.
0: Yeah, well, it's just a natural thing, I suppose. I mean, in reading your work, I can see how that could be because your poetry is, to me, it speaks kind of natural. It's like having a conversation. Um, You know, you have questions that you're asking and then you're trying to answer those questions through your poem. Um, You know, it's almost like sitting down and having coffee with a friend and trying to, you know, pick their brain and see what's going on with their life. That's what I got out of your poetry.
1: That's how that's exactly how I view poetry. Whenever I do write, I like to write to answer my own questions,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: not necessarily like, OK, so this is the answer. I'm just going to go with this first thought. It's like I like to sit down and I like to kind of, you know, question myself and prod myself. Great. I like to get 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 in there in into that that mind of mine and to understand why am I perceiving this the way that I perceive it? And if I'm not perceiving it this way, how come I'm not? And so right. when I when I when I do write, I love that it's like a conversation as you're reading it because I want the reader to know that I'm there with you and what you're you're seeing, you're seeing a scene, you're seeing a play. And mm-hmm. I want that the person's mind to see that play and to review that play and to take what they take from it. Right.
0: Now, do you do journaling?
1: I do, but I don't like to call it journaling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean I do and I don't because I I, I like to call it exam examination even though that is journaling. Still mm-hmm. like critical reflection is what I like to do. Uh, again, that's still journaling, but I, <laughs> I, I I like I like I like to just reflect and mm-hmm. not necessarily journal because when I when I think of journal, I don't think of answers. I think right. of, you know, halfway answers. I think of solutions that can get me over until the next time I journal. Mm-hmm. But when I, when I do write, I like to reflect to the point where I don't want to come back to this topic. And if I do, something new has to happen for me to come back to it.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I will confess I'm not much of a journal either. Um, with Artist Way, I did the the morning pages, and I did find those to be helpful. But um, to not gotten into the habit, I'd rather sit down and just start writing something and maybe become a poem. You know, you just never know. yeah. So. It certainly relate to that now i know that you are a believer um and that you use you know the power of the bible um with your words you can see that in your poetry um can you tell a little bit about your faith journey how did you come to this to this point in life it began with um
1: an inquiry into love uh, what the definition of love is and you know the kind of romantic form of love that I've, we all know, isn't quite that satisfying. Mm -hmm. And then the other side of romantic love where you're involved with yourself isn't really that, isn't really that deep either. And that's where I kind of wanted to find out if, if, you know, if this isn't satisfying me and that's not satisfying me, what is this concept of love? And, you know, there's different philosophies out there and there's different religions out there that, that get to the point of, you know, their understanding of love it didn't satisfy me. So I, you know, never was really brought up religious, but still had a had a mindset. So I just picked up the Bible. If love is in this, I need you to help me see that love is in this. I picked it up and I learned uh, that the definition, which is a clear, clear definition and one that I agree with, um, you know, I do a lot of research from Hebrew and Greek back into the English to make the sentences of the Bible make more sense. And plus, mm-hmm. there's more errors in the Bible than there are actually real sentences because the translators didn't really grasp the, the context of what the content meant. So mm-hmm. there's more errors in the Bible. So I take those errors, I put the applied language to them, and from there I get a better definition. That's and a so the,
2: very
0: in-depth
1: research. Yeah, yeah, and and it's because of the need uh to Mm -hmm. to know love to get the answers from that to get the answer yeah and well what i found is uh, that eastern philosophy that's within the bible which is you know it's conflicted because the the christian religion is a western tradition it's a -hmm. a western religious tradition that that claims itself to be from the bible but the bible is an eastern set of minds that wrote it kind of disassociates from the western standpoint which is a self-centered sort of religion
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and. What I found within the Bible is the definition of love being edification, Mm -hmm. Um, personal, mental, devotional edification that leads to public uh, benevolence, edifying the viewer of our character. Right. So finding that definition of love, you know, it it put me on the track of where I needed to be. And my poems reflect my experience in that definition of love, which is completely tragic. Um, Self-reflection for self-possession. It's a mm-hmm. tragic experience, but it leads to uh, to a butterfly effect, not mm-hmm. that negative butterfly effect, the, the positive where it's um growing from a caterpillar and, mm-hmm. you know, the cocoon caterpillar and then the, the wings and then flying off.
0: Right. Right. Well, that that really pretty well puts it in a, in a nutshell. That that really is a great explanation of how that, you know, how I tend to view um. The bible and i'm more um, into the personal relationship and understanding about you know love in that way yep. how we live our life one of the um philosophers who's who's passed on now is leo vasaya i don't know if you ever heard of him but he wrote the book called love and the the, the principles that he talked about in the book he actually taught a, a college course on love called the love class and The way he explained it was just as if he was explaining, you know, how Jesus walked the earth and how we can incorporate that in our lives, the way that Jesus loved is the way that we can also, you know, learn to love. And um, that really, he's still to this day my favorite um, author because of of his philosophy. Um, So, you know, congruent with my own. So... But this isn't about me, but I just thought about Leo, <laughs> thought I'd mention him. Um, now, I would love to hear your poetry. So maybe if you don't mind, if you could share a poem with us. I do not mind.
1: I'll take this from my current book of poetry. And let's see, I will call to action the poem Rare. So rare, your light and dark hair, your thick and soft skin, your sure and intelligent hands and feet, your strong legs, your nourishing breasts, your wise lips, your understanding eyes, the rare shape and structure of your form, the course of your tongue, the benevolence of your thighs, the comfort of your arms means nothing to the essence of your person or the revelation of your disposition, the beauty of your individuality, the allure of your mind i love you my love i love every part of you i love you my spirit my soul's greater portion i love every part of you and i love what you are not isn't this love have you never edified me have i never seen who you are am i ignorant of your ugliness have you never let me understand you that you are complicated because you love and because you love you are complicated My dedication to you is authentic. My devotion to your lips is real, because although you are imperfect, you remember my frailty. And because of your response to your weakness and of your thoughts towards my condition, I am inclined to make your essence lighter and to edify myself on how to do so. Love works, love balances. If we never took turns engaging humility, we would fail. But more than the feeling of pain and of embarrassment is the memory of pain and the memory of embarrassment, watering the heart to sprout a garden of mindfulness, keeping the person aware of love. You are rare because of your love spirit. Your love is developed. Your love is recovering. Your affection is genuine. You naturally care. I admire you, my love. I admire you because of your thoughtful generosity, Where can a man find such a woman? What man has such a woman? On earth, you'll never find her. Under the earth, you won't see her. If looking above the earth, you will be deceived. If born without her, you have no hope. I died with you, and when you awoke, you put your mouth on mine, and your hand ever so gently on my face, and gave me your breath, opening my eyes, and made love to me. But... What is greater than death's sensation? What is greater than warmth? What about the memory of your spouse? How imperfect they are to console their error? Isn't this true comfort? Isn't this what love is made of? How am I mindful of this and no other man is? How am I mindful of this and no other woman is? Everywhere and in every place there are women, yet none of them knows the meaning of humility. Everywhere and in every place there are women and none are wise to love. The species born to love and born to feel and more than their opposite, do not know or have knowledge on true and timeless affection. My heart is broken. My heart is broken for earth's condition because there are no women, there is no sound counsel. I've seen many women and yet continue to do so. And with all that I have seen from every place, none know the meaning of being still. Being compromised by love within their nature. But when I look at you, my love, I can see that you are rare. Being no different from what I do see, but being mindful of your nature to instruct it. Because you instruct you, you can instruct me. And because I learn from you, I can be who I truly am. So that you can never be ashamed of what you are. My wife. Feel my love and continually regenerate. Show your face and let me love you. Let me love you because you love you. Let me love you because I love me. Let's make love because we are love. And let's create love because we are spirit. Rare.
0: Thank you. That is deep. Deep and meaningful. And what kind of feedback have you had for that poem? I've had positive
1: feedback, and especially from from women that read my poetry and they see the heartbreak of a male who has, first of all, seen a strong female, a mother. And the first feedback is your mother should be so proud of you. Uh, for writing something like this and you know the second feedback is the way that you you interpret or the way that your mind works when depicting the male female relationship and when depicting human nature in a way that that's that's raw because the and and it it picks up that the language that I'm using is not literal so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: the people that have read it and especially the women, they realize that I'm not talking about an actual male and an actual female,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and which, which to me is the most beautiful thing. Right. Because the, enti- the entire dialogue is a conversation or a view on the relationship between my heart and my mind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the male, that's my heart, but the female is my mind. Mm-hmm. So seeing the two and getting the illustration of the two and hearing my audience even understand that I'm not talking about anything that's, you know, concrete. It's beautiful. And to me, that's what I want to do in my poetry. I want to extend the definitions beyond what you're seeing.
0: Mm -hmm. That's the type of poem that you could read over and over again, and probably each time you'll get a little bit different meaning from it. You know? That's what I want. That's, to me, that's good poetry. Um, If I don't read a poem at least three times, I haven't given it credit. You know, I have to. (laughs) <laughs> I have to really, you know... It's so true, dig ...into it, yeah. It's so true, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same way when I write my own poetry. I I go over and over and over, and I can't even tell you how many times I look at my poems and change and move and do, and um, then once in a while you get just something that just comes out, and you don't want to change much of any of it, but, you know... We're, well, of course, we're our own self-critic, so... How often do you write poetry? How, how much of a habit is it of yours? Um, at least weekly or biweekly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I
1: move based off of um, feeling, so I can never just sit down and go, "Okay, today's Tuesday at 3:25 p.m. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> just sit down and write poetry for the next six, you know, six thousand minutes."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But even when I do try that and I'm just like, I need to write something now because I just have, I feel something, nothing comes out. So I wait, I wait until, you know, the feeling is just like, you need to get this out. And when Mm -hmm. that feeling comes weekly or bi-weekly, I let it flow.
0: Okay. sounds, sounds real familiar to me as well. I have a muse that comes about three o'clock in the morning to me and starts talking poetry. I've written entire poems in my head at 3 o'clock in the morning. and Wow. And then, but if I actually got up and wrote them down, I'd be like I'd probably be a muddled mess. Uh, <laughs> I'll write little notes about them, you know, to remind me to write a little bit more about that when I'm more awake. But uh, Seems to me. And I've heard other people say they've had that happen, too, about between 3 and 4 in the morning. It's like you wake up to some kind of epiphany of something they want to write about, so... Do you ever have that
1: happen to you? Yeah, I have. And I was just going to say, I watch, um, you know, I don't really listen to music like I used to, you know, back Mm -hmm. in 2010, like modern music. But I do listen to the interviews that the artists conduct just because Mm -hmm. I relate with their experience. I remember um, watching an interview one time of Michael Jackson. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And um, they asked him about his inspiration. How do you write? And one of the things that he said that has always stuck with me is, when you when you feel a line inside of you, or when you have a vision of a line inside of you, or when you have a word inside of you, you need to get up and write.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You, yeah. Like, and that that's literally that that has stuck with me my mm-hmm. entire ever since I've heard that. Yeah. Because his thing was, when you have it, don't waste it because you'll never get it again, or it'll exactly. go someplace and you it'll go someplace and it'll be manipulated the next time you get down and and write it. Mm -hmm. So even if you do remember to write it, so he he says, if you ever have any, anything inside of you in your mind, if you're ever in your heart, if you're, whatever you're doing, stop what you're doing and write. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that I, I can say that. So I agree with your experience with that. And I, and that what he says is always stuck with me. Mm -hmm. So when I do, have any sort of inspiration to write any kind of poetry. I I literally stop what I'm doing and I just write.
2: Just I mean reading. it'll
1: it'll be it'll be one sentence and I will not get to that sentence until a month later mm-hmm. or maybe until two weeks later. But that sentence is there and when I see it, the inspiration is there for me to continue it. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's great. another thing that's another thing that I do if if I'm not moving off a of feeling, you know, whether I'm I'm walking somewhere or driving somewhere and I have a line in my head or I see something that sparks something, I just write it down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't even waste I don't even waste it anymore because I used to until I saw that interview. And right. I relate and I you know related with that so much. So now mm-hmm. I just write and even if I don't get to it, it's there. And I know Sorry. that when I go back to it, it'll just be like water mm-hmm. blowing.
0: Yeah, totally relatable. Absolutely. Do you have any kind of music that you like to listen to when you write? Or...
1: I like complete quietness. Mm-hmm. I truly like complete quietness. But if I do listen to music, the majority of my music now is just instrumentals. Um, mm-hmm. From classical or any kind of YouTube suggestion that YouTube thinks I would like. Literally, I don't <laughs> even know the music anymore. And I just I just listen to it. And if, and if it meshes, it meshes. If not, it, it doesn't. But when I'm writing, I just, I can't do noise.
0: Yeah. I go back and forth. Um, sometimes I there's a YouTube jazz channel that just plays the instrumental, you know, soft jazz. And I listen to that sometimes if, if I'm just kind of sitting there trying to, to think about things to write. But more and more, the older I get, the more silent I like it. So. Just go in my little space and block out the world. I've even put headphones on, nothing listening, just to block out everything else. <laughs> How about I, another I, one of your I, poems?
1: I I'm sorry. I was gonna say I I love the same. I'm doing the same silence. I I just need to. I need my noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the noise in my mind, the voices, sorry. Mm-hmm. I need the voices, the voices right. in my mind.
2: Mm-hmm. And I need
1: to um to talk to them and I need to hear them so that I can get what's what's out there. Yeah. Absolutely. Well I um the next one from my book I will do is called Communion. I know only pain because of you. My heart hurts from your form. I have you today and I'll have you tonight, but then we part and I'm left sorry, unable to rationalize my world. Tonight I have you and tomorrow I hold you, but then we part, becoming contemporaries, yet individual to life's context. My inwards burn for your breath. My mouth thirsts for your taste. My body itches for your moisture. My limbs miss your members. You're not always here, as I am not always there. And I hope you know my fear. I hope you know my desire. I hope you feel my loss. I pray you know my fever. I hope you feel our separation. I hope you know my mind, so that you can know my love, so that you can see my honesty. I hope you die of sorrow. I hope you are sick of love, when we are not together, when we are apart. I hope that you die of a broken heart. I hope that you are grieved when you're alone, when you are without me, as I know only depression and gloom when I am without you. I hope you know, my love, that it is deeper than the sea, it is wider than the sky, as intelligent as the universe. I hope you know my love. I hope you understand my affection, that it is deeper than flesh, that it is as bountiful As the air and as infinite as kindness. When we are apart, I hope you fail of life. I hope misery surrounds you. I hope depression consumes you. I hope anxiety covers you. I hope need worries you. I hope you know this love so that the next time we meet and the next time we speak, we may soberly embrace so that we may love entirely. My wife, my heart, the joy of my conscience, never leave me, never be quiet. My wife, my heart, the life of my conscience, when we are apart, I hope you know the pain I feel, so that when we meet again, we may enjoy creating memories. That was communion.
0: That's beautiful. One can only hope for that kind of uh, a love, that type of companionship that would cause someone to almost die of a broken heart if they weren't there anymore.
1: And that's, that's you know, the beauty of it. Um To me, that sort of companionship, it takes a stepping outside of self.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's, to get to that, I personally believe that it, it takes one knowing themselves and letting go of themselves and then re, recapturing themselves to be able to shower someone else, and especially the mind of someone else in that sort of way.
0: Right. You have to get out past that, all of that. I'm going to share my screen for a moment and show your poetry book um, that you've been reading from. It's called Growth. Um, it's this, It came out in July of 2020. Um, how did you come up with the title, Growth? The book is basically,
1: each one of these poems, even though it's a short book of poetry, I began writing this 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 poetry, this type of poetry, nine years ago. So like nine years later, I just published it. And when I was thinking about what each poem was about, it was basically my growth. My growth Mm -hmm. as an individual, learning how to love myself and learning how to cope with the fact that I don't know how to love myself and I have to relearn. Mm -hmm. So I thought, why not growth like that's and then the image is to me like the perfect image because it's um, the embrace of the concept, mind and heart,
2: mm-hmm.
1: embracing one another and supporting one another. And it's sort of like who's consoling who at this point and who is more sorry for whatever they're going through at that point. So I thought that the image plus the title just was so suitable.
0: Yes. Now the image, did you do that? I didn't. I
1: had an artist, um Fatima Azar. She's mm-hmm. b- brilliant, brilliant artist. She actually just finished another cover for me for uh, another book I'm going to be releasing uh, fairly soon. Oh, that's yeah, not um a book of poetry. It's an it I'm going back to my, you know, normal research type books. Mm-hmm. And this this specific book the the subject is mental and devotional growth and how do we get it um as it's stated within the philosophy of the Bible and not necessarily what the any religion connected to the Bible would have it taught as mm-hmm. Okay so getting to the reality of the definition of mindful growth and mindful justification how the Bible teaches it and how it can be practically applied
0: Sounds interesting mm-hmm. Now you also look your um, blog. Um, you can go to linwoodjacksonjr.com and you've got the blog, Live Your Best Life. I like that uh, picture of you there. And also cartoon you and the website. And I really like that as well. It's very nicely done. Very good taste. Thank you. Let me go back to not sharing my screen. Second. there we go now we're back to us how about taking us out with one more poem sure let's see
1: okay as I am seems like a fitting exit (laughs) what am I without your embrace what am I at all Am I at all? I fail to exist without your arms. I am ignorant without your tongue. I am lame without your legs. I am blind without your eyes. I am miserable without your heart. I am poor without your hair. I am naked without your lips. So long as I am without you, I am not. So long as I am without you, I fail. You have taught me love, how to pour it out, how to drink it, And must I not know you? Must I live without my love? Must I live without my love's love? Must my heart break for love? Must my heart break my love's love? Do you hate me? Have I wronged you? Why are you far from me? Why can't I hold you? I die for your scent. I live for your taste. I will die for your suppleness, just to wear your essence. My heart breaks for your attention. I need your laugh. For your voice is medicine, and I am still by it. As a river flowing through a forest, or as a pond, you are rightfully placed, and your sound, it is as perfect as the stars at night. My love, my wife, the spirit of my person. I am tired, I am terribly hurt. I am without thought. I pass away from my lacking. I see no thing, good or bad, yet I feel all things and am tired. If I could have you, if I could know your warmth, my soul would have its shower. My mind would recover. If I could have you, if I could know your inwards, my heart would be instructed, my organs would be blessed. Therefore, give me your time and your hand. Lend it to me because I waste myself for love. I cut myself for affection, I slay me for compassion, I chain you up for sorrow. Your love is not my love, but your love is better. It is better in love, which is why I need your love. To the end I may love me, and not as I wish, but as I ought. My wife, my beloved heart, although I am covered in blood, I am cleaned by your tears. And although my flesh boils, I am right by your kiss. My wife, the mother of my children, forgive my wrong. Ignore my smell. But as I am, have me. Come to me. Because I am tired.
2: I am hurt. As
1: I am. Thank you.
0: Now, is there anything I haven't asked you that you'd like to share?
1: Um, I would say the last thing I, you know, is, I guess for your, for the audience watching is, you know, empathy. Um, empathize with not just yourself, but the people around you. And more, I would say, you know, with yourself so that you can get a feel for what another may be, you know, going through internally. So. I like to, you know, my poetry is, is just based off of and trying to learn or trying to sympathize with myself for the natural um the natural uneducated culture that I have as a human being and going through the experience of learning culture. So that 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 route of empathy, I would say take that route and, you know, as you're going apply it not just to you but to the people around you for a sort of human growth and developmental education. But I think you covered completely everything.
0: Okay. Good. great. Glad to hear that. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Linwood, for coming on here today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And may all your words be speaking of poetry and your relationship with God. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. If you would like to be a guest, please send an email to prolificpulse at gmail.com and put podcast in the subject line. Thank you and have a great day. Bye-bye.